Welcome to Stories Behind the Stars podcast, dedicated to honoring the fallen heroes of World War II. Welcome, everybody, to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast. I have an awesome opportunity to, today to have Luann Greenwell with me. And Luann, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found this project and got it started working with Stories Behind the Stars? Uh, a little bit about myself. I'm living right in the middle of central Utah on a, a rural farm and uh, kind of coronavirus hit us and, and you're you're isolated from your friends and your family, and I'm probably reading more news. And I, I stumbled across this story um, about Don Milne and stories behind the stars and kind of felt like, okay, this is an opportunity to give back, and I can give back without leaving my house. Besides that, just having a personal history with World War II and having family members that we lost and, and family members that came home that wouldn't talk about it, I started to get really excited. So, so I reached out to Don and that's kind of how I got started. So you say you have like personal family members who didn't come home. So is that the story you started with? Um, I started with a, it's kind of a, so it would be an aunt that had four sons and three of them died before the last one went to war and he was killed in the war. So then she was left with no children. She had lost all four of her sons. One was like appendicitis and one was a car accident. And, and then the son that was killed in the war. And so she kind of, you know, adopted us kids as hers because she didn't have any of her own. So yes, that was the first story I started with. Where do you start off from? What's the first thing you would have to do? when you're trying to get a new name? Um, how I got my names to begin with, of course, I, I went to Don and, and I decided I wanted to do my home county of, of San Pete County. And so he sent me a list of names and I was able to research and kind of see, you know, who'd already been written. And there was only one name on the list that already had a story. And so that pretty well left me wide open for the whole county. And, uh, I took a lot more time back then and I would reach out to the family and the friends. I have a little Facebook page um, and some local history pages. There's, there's this really neat group around here and I could reach out to them and I'm saying, you know, Hey, I'm trying to write a story on, on this soldier and they would send me letters and they would send me pictures and, you know, just, I never had to leave the house. And so it, I got really emotionally attached to these families because, you know, we're, we're neighbors essentially. And half of us are related anyway, because of, <laughs> because of our County. Um, so, so basically that's how I would start is by going number one, straight to fold three, see if there's anything there. Um, look up all the basics, all the data, and then reaching out to the family to kind of get a personal side of that story. And that those are so powerful. And then uh, going on to family search or ancestry.com and kind of seeing, you know, siblings, did they have anybody else? That kind of stuff. That's really cool. So 
you were, you mostly contacted the family members through a local Facebook group or just how did you contact those family members? Do you remember? Or I mean, um, partly through a local Facebook, Facebook group. Um, I know who the curators are in some of the local museums. And so I, I went to the Fairview Museum. They let me in all by myself. They weren't even open. <laughs> and I got to go through, they have a whole war room where I could look around and, and then my mother, who's 89, lives next door. And I, I did find out something really incredible when I started this. And I took the list down to her. And uh, I said, I, I'm starting this project. And she looks down the list and she says, oh, Lane Nordstrom. Yeah, he, he was killed in the war. That's who your brother's named after. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even know. Um, and so I got a, I got a letter um, out of the local newspaper that he had sent home and then the little local paper had printed it. But I didn't know my brother was named after this soldier. He, she just, you know, admired him as a child and, and then he got killed. And so she named my brother after this soldier. Little things like that. Um, there was one that I was researching and he had got shot down um, but then his body was buried by a Japanese fisherman. And then after the war was over, the Japanese fisherman reached out and said, you know, hey, this soldier's here. And they brought him home and buried him. And he was one of our neighbors. And so I called and, and talked to his grandson. And he didn't know that the body had been buried by the fisherman. That was something that I was able to share with the family. And it was really exciting to be able to tell them, you know, about a little bit of the background that I was able to find. You're like the Sherlock Holmes that like combined with Santa, you know, you find these amazing things and these really cool gems and it's like Christmas day. This is so crazy cool. But that's true. I mean, I just literally uh, kind of got going into this so deeply. And then when you run into one that you can't, find a lot of information on it. It's so frustrating. <laughs> it's so hard. And that was basically, you know, a lot of times when I would turn to the Facebook, the local history book, history buffs and kind of say, and so this one lady called me from Spring City because she had written some things on the Spring City soldiers for the for the museum. And, and she called me and she says, well, that guy, you know, he wasn't really from here. He was from Delta, but but this is his family and this is where he's from. And it's just amazing how much people want to help once they find out what you're doing. I really love that you bring in that element of just connecting with the local, what already exists like physically, because, you know, in a digital world, you know, if it's not online, then we're like, Oh, it must not be real. Right. And then making those connections with the museum and with the people that are that they have things, but maybe they're not online and they're not searchable, I think is is brilliant. I had one just yesterday just to just to add to it. Um, my aunt passed away several years ago, but my cousin had all her scrapbooks. And I had one of my Sampy soldiers that I could not find a picture on there. There was nothing. There was nothing anywhere. And so yesterday up comes one of the relatives with this big bucket of 12 scrapbooks and I'm digging through them last night and I found that soldier's photo 
in that scrapbook. And I got to put it on Fold 3, so now he has a picture with his story. And I mean, I was bouncing off the walls. I was so excited just to find this picture in this old scrapbook because she had cut it out and glued it in there and wrote his name on it. So, Wow, that is amazing. What are some of the common themes that you've seen as you've been doing research? I, I think the common theme here, and I'm sure it was true nationwide, but what I see in our local communities was the amount of overwhelming support for the families that had soldiers that were serving and the the grand bashes they they threw when these guys left and when they came home and uh, the size of the funerals compared to when they brought these bodies home and and the number of people that went as as support I it's been really heartwarming uh, just the overall feeling of patriotism that was going on. Uh, at the time, it, it wasn't controversial. It was what you did. What do you feel like you've learned that you'd like other people to know? You know, what what I learned in school and, and as a history buff and what I've read in books, it's it's all terrific. But the, the meat of the sacrifices of... Uh, boils down to digging a whole lot deeper when when the guys are talking about you know they're staying in these tents um with no heat and snow and they're cold and they're hungry and they've got this many days to march and they don't have another pair of clean socks and they've run out of k rations and you know these were all things that that's that was news to me. We didn't read about that in the history books. Um, we didn't read them read about them picking up the bodies off the beach at Normandy um, and laying them out and and taking away their military stuff and laying their personal effects on their bodies and and I didn't think about the poor guy that had to do that job. I feel um, like as you were talking, like it's it's hard for me not to start crying just because. When I feel like as you're doing this research and, and the person no longer becomes a number, becomes a name, and then you read what they're doing, and then all of a sudden, like, this is just so real. It's so raw. It's so human. It's so, so powerful. Um, I really love that. It's just hard not to cry because it's like, you know, these young oh, boys. I, I have definitely shed a few tears in and around, and I think a lot of my tears are for the mothers. I think I... I identify most with the mothers of these soldiers having, you know, adult children of my own. And I, I can't imagine sending them so far away, uh, not being able to correspond with them. I mean, I can't FaceTime them. Are you kidding? You know, I can't send them a text message. And some of these families here waited over a year to find out that their loved ones had passed away. Um, I can't imagine being the mom just waiting and waiting for that news because they didn't know. They didn't know any, they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know exactly where they were. Uh, they didn't know if they could correspond with them or not. So, so yeah, I've shed my share of, of tears. Um, the worst one was when I read about the hell ships and I don't know if I missed that day in, in history class, but that was something that, that I didn't know about until I started this project was about them loading the soldiers on these hell, sh hell ships and then 
we bombed them and killed our own soldiers. You know, no no fault of the pilots or anything else. Totally the the fault of the enemies. But what a tragedy! What a what an extreme tragedy! And I didn't know. Do you have a, a couple of stories that stick out to you that you'd really love to to share with us? I've, I've probably covered a few of them. The the one letter home that I got the the guy was on the ship and, and they had just left here and it was a big group of national guard boys. So we had quite a few soldiers on this uh, and they were actually en route to Hawaii when Pearl Harbor was born, was bombed. And um, then they, they went on to their battles after that. And this uh, soldier had started writing a letter to his mom and, and he talked about, you know, what was going on in the routines of the day. And then he says, you know, mom, no matter what happens, I really don't want you to worry about me. I will be just fine. And if I don't come home, you will be just fine too. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, well, he never got to finish the letter because he got killed. And one of his, uh, I assume a bunk mate, somebody that shared space with him, picked this letter up and mailed it, mailed it home after the family had received word that, that he wasn't coming home. And you could see where he'd go back and scribble a couple lines to his mom every day, but he just hadn't put it in the mail yet. So I thought how powerful that is to get that letter. And I, I posted the letter itself on his story. So I, I think it's pretty incredible. That's so beautiful that I mean, think about the comfort that she got, you know, to me, there's just a significance of there's got to be a higher power up there, you know, that he's going to die. And he writes that right before he dies. And then she gets that, you know, at some point that you're going to be okay, mom. I, you know, like that's something she yeah. probably just got her through I, all the hard days. I probably would have cried for three days just holding the letter, but right. you know, he was thinking about his mom and he told her she was going to be okay. And she was. She was okay. Wow. So, so what's the name of that soldier? Um, that one is Ralph Paul Nielsen. It's, it's, been, it's been really fun. I, I did 76 soldiers from Sanfee County that died in World War II. I'm just finishing up my 100th story. I kind of jumped on the, the D-Day. Uh, and that research is so much harder for me because I'm used to being able to find a grandkid. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so it's been a whole new experience and a whole new learning curve for me to go on and do soldiers that were from here. It's been really fun. The last one I just did, um, he was born in Italy and he immigrated in, I think, 39 or 1938 or 1939. I found his name on the passenger list. And he took his oath of citizenship in 1940. And he enlisted in 1942. And he died in 1944. And they took his body to Italy and buried it in his original hometown on his native soil is how the Italians had put it. And they did a big tribute to him in Italy. That's... That's a pretty powerful, I, I can't imagine somebody just coming to America and turning around 
that that um, that level of patriotism and sacrifices is just overwhelming. And I mean, Italy was was part of for a while. They were allies with with uh, Germany, right? I mean, so he was yeah. fighting against his his native country. He could be, or he may have had the you know anti Mussolini. Uh, if he joined. I, wow. I assume, and, and the pitcher, I mean, he's such a handsome guy. You just go, <laughs> oh, wow, you know. What what would it be like here had these heroes survived? What what would they have brought to the table? How would they have raised their children? Um, you know, what would be different if all these heroes were still with us? I know, I think that um, often, too, I'll think, you know, this, this young man had such tenacity, he had such, you know, drive. And if he had been given 50 more years on earth, what would he have done with it? It's just, it's an interesting question. Do you have any other stories that you want to share with us? I, that's, I, that's the kind of unique, unique ones. I hate to say, you know, they're, they're not all the same and everybody has their own little, little twist and, and I think it's really fun to just keep digging until you find something that makes that soldier stand out to me. I really like that. So if you had, if someone was sitting on the fence, whether they were thinking, oh, maybe I'll volunteer for Stories Behind the Stars, maybe I wouldn't. What would you say to them if they're kind of on the fence? Um, I, I would say, number one, you know, there's no obligation that you have to write a hundred stories and every single story counts there. Someone is going to read every single story. And even if it's, you know, many, many, many years in the future, that soldier deserves the best piece of research you can possibly give him and, and the family and just do a few. And unfortunately I, 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 w- I suspect you will become addicted like I did because that's kind of how I feel about it now is it's an addiction and I finish one and I just can't wait to, to turn the page and, and start the next one. When my dad was doing his project when he started this like four years ago and he was just doing one a day on his lunch break, a, a favorite pastime of Sunday dinners was just hearing all these crazy stories that he would come home and eat, you know and Sunday dinner we'd all sit around the table and he'd share listen to this guy's story and it was just super you could see that you know it's very addicting <laughs> like to jump into these lives and to see what they did and to see what they gave up and and to just honor them in this you know small way that we can and I just I love what you said earlier too about how you know you're stuck in your house because of COVID and here you are, you can do something for someone and you don't have to go anywhere, you know, and that someone is someone who has, you know, passed away, but it's also like the future someone's, you know, who are going to be able to see these memorials that will be online and, and through the smartphone app and they can, that some, you know, they'll read those stories and they'll, they'll make that connection. And I just, I, I love that you how you worded that. It's super inspiring. I appreciate Don a lot for, for launching this and turning it into what it's 
what it's become. It's it's so incredible to be just this little tiny, tiny piece of this project. Um, and I, I would encourage anyone, you don't have to be a historian and you certainly don't have to be a professional writer. Um, it, I think you need maybe just a little bit of passion for the family and uh, for the soldier and for the sacrifice. But beyond that, there's there's not a skill set that's going to make you any better or any worse than anybody else. You know, jump on board and contribute. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking your time with me today and um, especially appreciate the stories that you've taken time to written to write. My dad and I are just so grateful for our volunteers because we do work, but you do the, the real work that needs to get done. And we're so grateful for that. Well, I, the appreciation goes both ways. You've given me an opportunity to make a difference and, and I'm very, very appreciative for that and the support along the way. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for listening. If you are at all interested in volunteering or just want to learn more about our amazing project, please visit us at www.storiesbehindthestars.org.